Hey guys, thank you so much for checking in the Convicted Podcast again. We have a very special guest today. His name is Zach. He is the drummer from Convictions. They are an international touring band, and we've also worked with them before at the Noise Box, uh, the venue that we help run as well. So I'm really excited to be able to have him on the show today, and we talk about some really cool stuff that I think you guys can apply to your band to to really keep improving. Uh, Without further ado, let's go. So, Zach, would you mind telling me a little bit of the story of Convictions? How did it get started? How did you guys meet? How did you guys know, okay, we're, we're going to be a band, this is what we're doing, and this is how we're going to do it? Like, what's your story yeah. on that? Yeah, so um, the band started in 2012. That's, like, kind of when we first released music and we became public as a band, like, January 1st, 2012. Um, but backstory um, – we had a lot of kinks to get out. So we actually started jamming um, uh, for the first time in like September of 2010, actually. Um, The guys, it was kind of a formation of other local bands that kind of came together. Um, Guys that wanted to be like in a Christian band Mm. um, and portray that message. And they came to me and obviously being a Christian, I agreed with that. But at the time, um i was like i didn't feel like our lifestyles portrayed that like being on stage and you know um being christian band like i didn't really feel good good enough about about doing it you know like as far as like my lifestyle you know and stuff like that and some of the other guys you know we sometimes we like to go out to to the bar at the time Mm -hmm. and 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 you know like i just felt like man, I don't know if it's the right thing to do, but we all felt like it was the right thing to do, if that makes sense. Right, right. Um, so we were like, well, let's just uh, write about that and let's just be honest about it. You know, like let's put those struggles that we have in the music and um, that's where the name Convictions came about, you know, based on our convictions. Like we felt convicted about those things. Like Definitely. that. it was like, well, but we also found that we wanted to stand up for, you know, our faith and portray that in the music. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of where the origin came about. So, um, and, you know, some members kind of like fizzled out before we even got going. Um, so that's why we, we ended up recording our first, um, I guess, EP, you would call it, I Am Nothing. That was back in 2011. Okay. Um, late 2011. So then um, we were able to um, put out a few singles then right at the start of 2012. And that's when we say um, we were established. So. Gotcha. So would you say that like starting the band, um, you were mentioning about like you had the convictions about it. You felt like you needed to move away from something that you wanted to be honest about it. Do you feel like starting the band ended up instilling in you a different lifestyle did that change things for you um i think now we're talking um almost eight years later i feel like we've all grown you know as people not only just like in our maturity but 
also like in our walk and our faith. So I feel like, yes, the band, um, along just with like personal spiritual growth that we have all just become better people, you know, um, in general and better Christians, I guess, if you will, <laughs> um, we're still not perfect. Obviously we write about the struggles still. That's what we do. And I think that's what makes it so relatable for people, you know, and we just, we do want to be honest, you know, we want to be honest in our music where, you know, a lot of contemporary Christian music is just all um, praise and worship. And that's great. You know, that is great, you know, but it's all, um, you know, good, 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 good. And, you know, real life Christian or not, there's a lot of bad. Right. I mean, I think I definitely would agree with you that a lot of like the Christian realm of music has, has become more fluffy is the term that I would use. It's like fluff and Mm -hmm. it doesn't really deal with like harder issues because like, Oh, it's too dirty or whatever. It's like, are you kidding me? Jesus hung out with prostitutes and tax collectors and tax collectors were really hated back then. Uh, yeah, <laughs> because they were snakes. All of them were. So like, I don't know. I'm, I'm glad to hear that you want to have more of an honest opinion on it and be able to say, okay, well, there's some, there's some messed up stuff because we're messed up people. So yeah. And, to hear and, that. and it's the things that like, you know, Christian people still deal with, you know, whether it's like lust or greed or, you know, struggling with maybe an addiction or whatever. Um, you know, we've all, or depression or whatever it is, we've written about those things. And, you know, people are like, wow, like, um, Christians struggle with it too. I think it just makes our, our music more relatable as well. You know? Um, so yeah. Yeah. Cause it's unfortunate that sometimes, um, it, I would say sometimes people might see Christians as not people. Like they're separate, Uh, but unfortunately I think there's a lot of Christians that see themselves as not people. And it's like, you're a person too. You're going through stuff. Mm -hmm. It's it's a weird, it's a weird thing to talk about because it's like, sometimes the Christians need to be like, Hey, come, come down off your high horse. And then Mm -hmm. others are like, don't, don't celebrate Christians as something bigger. Like we're people. We're going to just like struggles. They don't want to talk about, Uh you know, just like, more than likely there's people within the church that are going through these things. Right. You know, but it's like, Ooh, I can't talk about this kind of thing because I'm, you know, I'm Christian. It's like too, like you said, like too dirty, you know, and in reality it should be the other way around. Like, you know, God's here to help, you know? Mm. So. Absolutely. So yeah, let's talk about um, some of the touring that you've been doing. So you said you've been touring for a while now. I think when we were talking earlier, you said 2016? Yeah, yeah. That's when we first started uh, pretty much hitting the road full time was 2016. Um, It's when we signed to Invogue Records and we got got our first booking agent and stuff like that. Things have changed since. but So is that what got you started? Was the, the booking agent helped you with that first tour or... Uh, yeah, I would say so. That's kind of what got it started. Um, signing to Invogue Records and stuff like we had, we were doing some DIY touring, say in 2015. I think we did like, um, I mean, compared to what we do now, it was like really short. It was like maybe a week and a half here, a mm-hmm. couple weeks there. I think it was like two DIY tours, um, which I mean, if we wouldn't have done we wouldn't have landed our booking agent anyway. Right. 
So it's funny how that those kind of things work. So would you mind sharing a little bit about that? Like, what is the importance of a band going on a DIY tour to hopefully get into possibly like that next level? Like, how, how do you go about starting a DIY tour or like planning it? Um, how do you make those connections even? Because some people are like, wow, that's in all these other states. I don't even know how to do that. Like, what would you say helped you guys with those first couple of tours? Yeah, so um, I think a big thing is just obviously playing playing um, locally is huge. First of all, you want to start there. You want to build a, a following locally, and that's what we had done. And then you want to kind of drift out um, regionally, you know, so um, where we're at in Ohio, it's actually a pretty good spot because, you know, a few hours each way, you kind of have a major city, like regionally, um, you know, like say Detroit, Chicago, Indianapolis, Pittsburgh, you know, Louisville, kind of all within, say, three to four hours of us. Mm-hmm. So I think um, I think it's important for bands to like when they're starting out try to book out of your comfort zone, like get your local following and then, you know, try to book a show, you know, a few hours away or whatever it may be. And if you have trouble doing it, find other local bands that maybe you can swap shows with, you know, and then just kind of build this, like, um, I guess, regional perimeter, if you will, and kind of doing that. That's what helped us. I mean, if we wouldn't have done, because if you think about it, if a booking agent, brings your band on the first thing he's going to wonder is where you've booked yourself. And if you haven't booked yourself an hour out of your hometown, why should he be booking your band? If you haven't even taken that, that step yet, you know? Right. So, and that's what he had, he told us, you know, like you guys have tried, you guys have pushed your, your boundaries. Mm-hmm. And I think it's really big for bands and, you know, obviously work on your music first, work on your local following, you know, and, and all that stuff before you're, you're even really playing shows or, or branching out. But, you know, I think that's, that's like a very important start is like your regional area, you know. Makes sense. Absolutely. So since you've been on the road several, quite a few times now, um, did I see that, did you guys do something international too or, or did I look at that wrong? Uh, yeah, we just got back from, um, we just did a UK European run actually. Awesome. Yeah. And we just got back, um, probably two weeks ago now, maybe. So well, that's really cool. Yeah. It was awesome. Definitely a tourist dream to be able to do it internationally too. So, I mean, what do you think led you to be able to go on tour internationally? Um, now, uh, a few, I guess the first time we went over there, which was in 2017, um, there was a few things that kind of went, I guess, right for us, which would be our booking agent booked hotel books as well, which was the band that we went on tour with. Okay. So it was kind of packaged together. And then he knew, uh, or um, hotel books worked with a, another agent overseas. So, and then, me and our um, ex-bass player at the time filled in for hotel books and then um, as some, some of their members. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of a trade-off. We got to play okay. as long as we played with him and, and kind of filled in his band. Um, 
and we had the same U.S. agent, which knew their their European agent. So it was kind of a, a few stars kind of aligned perfectly for us, I guess, okay. in that aspect. Um, second time we went over there, um, we had uh, we had booked just a, a big Christian festival, and they just reached out to us. So that was just okay. great. You know, that Very one cool. was Christmas Rock Night um, in Germany. And then this past time, um, which just a couple of weeks ago, we had played Loud and Proud Festival in Germany. And um, our booking agent reached out to a European agent and he um, decided to work with us and kind of create like a tour around it. Wow. So that's kind of how that worked out. That sounds like it was providential <laughs> in that being able to work out that way yeah, so yeah. Awesome. i mean i think it, i think bands will have the t opportunity to tour overseas once they get a good footing in, in the u.s you know once you get a good footing in the u.s you have an agent you've kind of done um a decent amount of touring in the u.s because mm -hmm. then normally you know u.s agents have some connections with european agents and then you also have numbers to back that so um, you can get a European agent on your side that way and kind of um, book something around. Especially helps if you, if you land a good festival over there, they can book around that, so. Gotcha, absolutely. So when you're on the road, what do you guys do to be able to save funds so that way you can keep doing it? Yeah, um, a huge one for us is we sleep in the van just about every single night. Um, it, it is rough in it, but, you know, there's bands that we've toured with that say, well, you know, you sell a few t-shirts, you can get a hotel room, you know, you just sell a few t-shirts and get a hotel. Although that may be true, you know, if you're talking a hotel, say you're on the road, uh, a good tour is 30 days, you know, mm -hmm. and you spend, let's just say $100, probably more mm -hmm. per night, you know, you're talking three grand just right there. Immediately. So, you know, that right there could pay for your merch expense and some just for the tour. Absolutely. You know? um, or you can have take-home money, you know. So we would rather rough it, at, rough it on the road to have that padding at home, you know. Right, and, that makes and sense. And be able to, to make money because then when we come home, you know, that money stops. So... Any, any little extra you can do like that, you know, you, you have to cut those corners, you know, and make, and just rough it. Absolutely. Do you guys do, do you guys have jobs outside of the band too? Yeah. Right now. Yes. Yeah. So we all have part-time jobs. Okay. So, and I'm, I'm assuming they're all flexible enough to be able to keep yeah, you they, on tour. They are, you know, luckily we, we all have jobs that let us tour and, you know, I think, you know, as long as you, we work hard when you're home, you know, they, and you put in your time, they, they let you do it. You know, I think there's a lot more jobs out there that let bands tour than you may think, or that may, people may think, you know, I've just been upfront and open about my job. You know, yeah, I had to step down to part-time, but you know, they, yep. it seems like they value me there enough to let me do it. Well, that's good. I think part of it is knowing the management. Uh, like knowing who who your managers are, if they're going to be cool with it. Like like you were saying, a lot of jobs will be willing to do it if you're a hard worker and and good management. Because some places they just stick really too close to policy when it comes to that. Yes, a lot of places do. 
Um, and I think it just Matt, it depends on maybe like you said, how you know the managers or how much, how long you've been with the company. That's so, true. yeah, I mean, I just, I work for a company out here that I had, our, it was the same company. Actually, it's Lowe's Home Improvement. I'm not afraid to admit it. Okay. I work, that's where I work part-time when I'm home from tour. Um, well, I have like seven years back in Ohio. So when I came here, I just said, hey, this is like, this is like my experience. And mm -hmm. I was, I was like, but you know, there are times where I got to take off for the band. I might be gone for three, four weeks at a time, but I'll know a month in advance, you know, and they, they were like, cool, we'll work around it. Right. You know, cause most companies, I think, um, you know, people come and go all the time. So if you're there and you work hard and you got to take some time off, and it keeps them from hiring somebody else, you know, and training them and going through all that, by that time you're gonna be back. Right. That's just kind of the way I see it. It may not be true for all companies. Like you said, a lot of times they're just by the book. And if that's the case, well, then I guess find a different job. You know, if you're Definitely. gonna wanna, if you wanna tour, you, you, that's the number one thing, you're gonna make sacrifices. <laughs> Absolutely. So, you're going to sacrifice sleep. You're going to sacrifice money. Oh, you're going to sacrifice some luxuries. <laughs> oh yeah. 100%, 100%. All over the place. It's, I mean, it's not the worst thing in the world by any means, but it can be very hard. But if it's what you want to do, then you're not going to see it as a, as a terrible thing. You know? Right. Exactly. The payoff is greater than, you know, those, those things that you're, you're, um, that like like loss of sleep or whatever like right that. right this past weekend i barely got any sleep you know i'm in denver now i had to fly from denver to detroit drive to my parents house or get picked up go to my parents house in ohio wake up play a show in ohio fly to miami that night play a show fly back to denver and go to work the next morning oh my god I mean, yeah, it sounds crazy. And it was crazy. But, um, I mean, I played two amazing festivals. Like, one was with the Treyu and Whitechapel, and the other one was with We Came as Romans and uh, Memphis Mayfire. And a bunch of other that was, that was um, Kraken, right? Yeah, yeah, down, down your way, I think. Yeah, I heard about it. It's their, it was their first time doing that, uh, what was it, West Palm, I think is what it's what city is it? It's not too far away from here. It's like it was in Hollandale Beach. Okay. So near Miami. I'm not gotcha. super familiar, but I mean, I was there. It was crazy, man. We were there for like six hours and then had to fly back. <laughs> it was just so crazy. That's a lot. I think Absolutely. I just caught up on sleep this morning. So when it comes to everything being so crazy and you're gonna have to lose sleep and everything, how? How do you guarantee a good engagement with the audience, not just on the stage, but also like off stage? Oh yeah. That's a good question because there are times when you get off stage and you just, sometimes you just don't feel like talking to people, you know, you're just Believable. worn out. You know, you just drove 10 hours, you set up, you loaded in, you ate some crappy food. You didn't shower you're just like, like, you know, and then you just sweat your butt off for 30, 40 minutes or whatever. And sometimes you just want to just go like, just curl up in a corner and just sleep for a little bit or something. 
unbelievable. But you just, you just push that aside, man. You just push it aside because that's when it's most important, you know, is speaking with the fans, engaging with the audience on and off the stage because right. So if you've ever been to a conviction show, which I'm sure you have, mm-hmm. we take pride in always being at the merch table um, as a group at some point in the show, whether it's right after we play, whenever we can get our gear backstage situated or whatever, you'll always see us four at the merch table. Oh, so you, you guys have agreed to have all four of you at the merch table at some point? Yeah, at some point. Okay. I was going to, I was about to ask if you guys ended up like taking turns or like how that worked. Yeah, usually it's kind of one of those things where um, we load in and it's kind of been one of those things like I think we were talking about this a little bit on the phone earlier where we all kind of have roles, I guess you would say. So um, Mike, our vocalist, kind of takes the reins on the merch at the show. Um, Like I said, I I do it all here in Denver um, outside of touring, but when it comes to touring, he kind of takes, takes that part over. And um, so he'll set up our display and organize the merch and stuff like that because he's the vocalist and really all he has to do when he gets on stage is plug in his mic. <laughs> yeah, and you know, the, Daniel and Josh, they have their rigs, their pedals, their bass guitar, all that stuff. And I have my drum set. So, and we have to usually back line if we're on tour, get that stuff ready, get things um, all settled stage-wise while he's doing that. So, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know where I was going. <laughs> well, I think we were talking about taking turns with the merch table, and I think you were oh, saying yeah. that the vocalist, it sounds like the vocalist kind of goes over to watch the merch table for the most part. Yeah, he kind of takes that reign, and then obviously during the show, though, um, we will try to rotate a little bit if he needs a break or if he has to go take a phone call or go get a cup of coffee or whatever the case is. Um, yeah, we'll try to take take care of that. And then, but at some point during a conviction show, we'll always all be there. That's awesome. You know, it's just, just like, case. I think it's important. Um, I think it's important for fan engagement. Um, like it's going to just, it just brings loyalty to your fans and on a spiritual level, you know, there's been stories that have been shared with me that like, if I never would have went and talked to the fans, like I never would have heard those things. I wouldn't even, probably have a good idea of the impact span is making if I didn't do that. Right. You know, like the impact and it, it, it it's almost like fuel too, because mm-hmm. like when you, you're so worn down and stuff, you're realizing these people telling their stories or coming up and ask for autograph or whatever the case is that that's like, it's like, it's all giving you that fuel that you need because it's like, wow, we're doing this. And, this whole thing has purpose. You know what I mean? Definitely. I mean, that's, it sounds like that's for the reason why you started too. Exactly. And so when you see those things, you know, like start to come out, like, it's like, it's just more, um, you know, confirmation from God that just like, okay, this is where we need to be. We're we're doing it. You know, I gotcha. So I have a little bit of a harder question for you. Mm -hmm. And I'm hoping that you're okay with sharing. Oh, I just want to hit back real quick. I heard you say when you mentioned about, oh, I'm not, I'm not going to be ashamed to say that I work at Lowe's. 
like honestly, no one should be ashamed if if they are real bands and and musicians and on trying to go on tour, you're gonna have to work at who knows what places to make sure yeah, that it yeah, happens. I mean, There's no shame it, in that because you're it, you're achieving your dream. So yeah, and 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 I'm not and I'm not uh, afraid to say it because um, I am proud to say that like when I, I was full time there and I was put every extra penny that I had into the band. Um, and now because of the band, I'm able to step down and do it that part time. Right. And then, you know, so there is progress there. Absolutely. So yeah, you're taking, I mean, you're taking care of what you need to do. You're being responsible. So exactly. And you have no shame there. Right? And like, obviously when I'm on the road, um, you know, we, we do, I, I am proud to say too, that we make enough money when we're on the road to be able to cover our bills. But then, like I said before, we're just at that level now that once we get home from tour, that income stops. And right. so it's like, and yeah, we have some, like we have online sales in that where we make, you know, a decent amount, but not enough to cover, you know, all the bills guys, and stuff. Right. Like right. Wages for four guys, you know, and stuff like that. I mean, the goal is to eventually get there to eventually be, you know, to where, we get home from tour and we don't need to go to work. Right. You know? That's full-time musician. Completely. Exactly. We can focus on the merchandise like eight hours a day, you know, instead right. of, instead of packaging it up, you know, after my part-time gig, you know, but right. we'll get there. You know, we will. You got to make ends meet somehow and you got to do what you got to do sometimes. So I'm, I'm, happy to hear that you're doing that and it sounds like you're making progress too so yeah yeah and you'll you'll hear you know like don't get discouraged but like you know the to people watching this but like a lot of bands you know some probably your favorite bands they like have part-time gigs or some sort of high, like side hustle to compensate for that absolutely that loss of income after tour so that's just kind of how the way it goes and that's just something to keep in mind you know if you do decide to 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 go this way you know hundred percent. So going to that question, I was going to ask you, what is one of the hardest things that you can think of that you guys faced? It could have been like a mistake that you guys made or just a, a, a trial or obstacle that came up that came into the band's life. And what did you do to overcome that? <laughs> oh man, we've been through a lot of them. Yeah. But one thing that always sticks out to, in my mind, and I don't know if you've ever heard this story before, but, um, our van and trailer got stolen um, one time. Yeah. I may have, unfortunately I've heard too many of those stories. I don't know if it was yours or someone else's or. Yeah. So that was a huge trial I would say with this band. Um, but overall it was a huge blessing in disguise. So um, if we want to get into that, we can, I can explain. Go for it. What happened? Where were you guys? Yeah. So um, this was in 2016, uh, the first year we started touring full-time. and ah, Perfect way to start the, the tour. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. It was kind of funny because going into it, it was kind of our first real big string of dates. You know, we had um, we had a small run with Currents that led into um, this month-long tour with Indying Arms, and then which led into um, the So What Festival down in Texas. And which led into uh, a tour with Ice Nine Kills and like Monster Flames, like basically all back to back to back. Jeez, our first like our first year of touring. Um, so 
with that being said, we got to, um, we got to So What Music Festival, and that was down in Texas. Um, we played, I think it was a two-day festival. We played day one, and um, our the next, there was an after party um, where some of the bands were DJing, and we went to that, and we got back to the hotel. I said, we don't ever do hotels. <laughs> right. But in this case, like we were playing the biggest festival we had played of our career, you know, at this point. So, um, like family members, girlfriends flew in to Texas and they actually put us up in a hotel for us. Oh, nice. We we didn't actually buy. (laughs) So it was like, okay, cool. You know, we we never stay in hotels, but let's do it because, you know, it's getting covered. And, you know, lo and behold, the next morning we go out in the van and trailers missing, you know. Oh, man the guys um, call me up and we all have keys. And I'm like, well, call the guys and see, maybe somebody took the van to go get donuts or something this morning. I don't mm-hmm. know. Um, everybody's accounted for all keys are accounted for. So we're like, well, maybe it got towed. You know, we kind of did park it in the back and we parked it right up against a fence. I'm, I'm, I'm talking like this, like this close at the time we had one of those trailers where you opened the bar, it would like barn door style Uh huh. this way. No one could get in. Right. You were trying to be smart with it. Exactly. And that was the idea. And it was kind of tucked a little bit away from the hotel, but the idea was, and I even said it, it's funny that when we parked it, I said, they're going to have to steal the whole thing in order to get into it. Oh no. You spoke into existence sack. (laughs) (laughs) So, and (laughs) So yeah, that happened. And, um, you know, we called around to the tow trucks and there's no sign of it. Um, call the police. They said, well, we have to, um, we we're going to have to just, you know, fill it out and make a registration or whatever it is saying that it's stolen, uh, report it stolen. And I, I'm like, and, that, and then, then that's kind of when it hit me, you know, right. it, cause I don't know. I just figured it, it was in some little, you know, impound lot or something like maybe we were, weren't parked in the right spot. Right. So, um, that was wild. I don't know. We didn't know what to do. Um, our booking agent at the time was in town for the festival. He met up with us. We all kind of split up. We had rental cars that, you know, some of the family members and girlfriends had that we were kind of buzzing around trying to check pawn shops for our gear. Uh Um, just kind of checking any, any, any leads that we could get. Some of the guy, some of the, um, one of, one of our, one, um, some of our group went to the festival on day two, asking the bands around, you know, just any leads we could get. Right. Um, just scrounging for it. Yeah. We didn't really know what to do. Honest to God, we didn't know what to do. We, we had no idea what to do. Well, it's not so, like you're trained on something like this. Yeah. So like, oh, here's what you do when your whole van's stolen. <laughs> like, I mean, everything was gone. I mean, we were lucky enough to where John, our our base, our ex bass player, um, who had a kidney transplant um, a couple years prior. At least he had his medication in the hotel room. Oh, good. So we were trying to find a silver silver linings. Like, at least John has his medication. Um, you know but a lot of our luggage, our merch, um, everything was kind of down in the van. I think each one of us might've had like a backpack with a few things on us. Right. So, um, 
you know, man, like it was just one of those things where we had to like 110%, like just give it up to God. Cause we had no idea what to do. Like we just kind of all sat together in uh, the hotel lobby and just prayed about it and just asked God to just figure it out for us. Cause we didn't know, you know, we didn't know what to do. So what happened next? Um, and then ne- what happened next was our, our booking agent, um, and the label was like, you guys need to start getting a GoFundMe around and mm. kind of add up your losses because at this point, um, we're thinking we're probably not getting it back. Like none of this stuff. Right. So we, we added up the van trailer gear and this, all that stuff. And, um, we were probably on the low end of like. 30 grand is what we figured we probably sounds about right the van we had an older van at the time smaller trailer at the time Mm. you know we've had definitely upgrades since then but we just decided to put together a gofundme for thirty thousand. and i am not even kidding man like the overnight we raised 15 grand overnight That's a lot of support. Um, it was, yeah, it was crazy. Just fans around the music community, um, everything. We had like 10K on the GoFundMe and then somebody um, donated five grand privately, straight into our press. Jeez. So yeah, like legit like 15 grand overnight. And I think that right there was like a very this is where i mean like this was a whole blessing in disguise thing because it was a pivotal moment in our career to where like we could have just shut down and mm-hmm. we could have just been like we're going home we've lost right, everything. We just packed up take the next plane home and say screw it but i think with the with the outpouring of support from the community like the music scene our fans and, and just random people messaging me saying like, do you need to use a van? What do you guys need? Da, 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 da. I mean, it was like, it brought me to tears legit. Like it, it was, it was just a, it was a blessing in disguise 110% because then, you know, if you look at it that way as well, we made, <laughs> it was kind of a, a good, uh, it was, it was kind of good publicity for the band. If you look mm-hmm. at it, you know, like we gained probably a lot more fans from that. I believe it. Um, Cause bad news travels fast, you know, right. it's unfortunate, right. you know, it, it actually helped us. And then we're like, you know what? We're not giving up. We're getting the next flight to start the next tour. That's what we're going to do. And we're going to see if merch now uh, we use merch now for printing mm-hmm. uh, currently. <laughs> and um we were like maybe they can send us some merch you know at a discount right to, to fill in what you just got taken from lost at all um you know um we're gonna borrow gear let's reach out to the like moths guys and see if they can lend us some gear and we're just gonna do it and they thought everybody kind of just thought we were nuts <laughs> <laughs> i believe it's like you're coming here with what sure. You guys are gonna do it? Like you guys are you guys are nuts. I try. And um anyways, we get to the airport and then I get a call from the police department saying they found our van and trailer. Really? So, yeah, when we were at the airport. So what we did was we had the our group pick us back up 
like our family members and stuff that uh-huh. were still pick us back up from the airport in the rental cars and take us to the impound lot to check out the van. And it was a miracle. They didn't get into the trailer. Really? But we had our, I had my drums. We had luggage. We had merch. Everything Almost everything. In the trailer. Like we had the locks on <clears throat> like that we had the trailer locked to the van to the hitch the hitch locked to the van um so we had some where they hot wired the van they busted the windows and ransacked the van so we had lost um we had lost like two evh amps you know um if you know anything about that i think that Mm. was that's probably three or four grand I, i don't play guitar but we had to replace those and then, you know, the damages to the van, um, we lost those flights. So we were basically, we came forward with a a post and said, you know, we took the GoFundMe down. We said, if anybody wants their money refunded, reach out to us and we'll refund it. If not, it's going to go towards those flights. We lost the shows that we had to miss, Mm -hmm. um, replacing the amps, um, and then personal items. We lost some, um, some like, expensive sunglasses shoes um some like nintendo ds's at the time um yeah so that's a lot and and, yeah we we still did lose quite a bit you know and but like that gofundme money it was like it was able to cover that kind of stuff and give us like a little extra padding it was was incredible and most people were like no you guys have been through a lot keep it yeah, that's stressful. <laughs> what? To say the least. It was Goodness so gracious. Oh my god. Oh, my. I was like, if we have to refund all this stuff, you know, like we want to be honest. Like we didn't think we were actually gonna get our van and trailer back, you know. Right. But you know, like we still did have, um, you know, a deductible with the insurance, and we had, like I said, we we missed we missed shows where we would have made money. We had to booked flights that we didn't use. We booked yep. the hotel room extra nights because we're stuck there. We had to replace, you know, personal items and two amps. So, you know, like, I think people understood, you know. Sounds so, like it. Absolutely. Well, it sounds was, like you had a lot of support in the midst of all that, and I'm sure that was really encouraging. It, it was. That was what was so encouraging about it was the fans reaching out to us. Um, and and just like that confirmation from it was like god saying like almost like if i take everything from you how are you going to react you know and it's like it was like a trial and we just we like literally just gave it all to him and leaned on him and mm-hmm. it was like you know and just like it was like the story of job you know right and well here you go here's your stuff back and a little extra like it was incredible a blessing in disguise absolutely so. so I got a couple more questions for you, if you got the time. Yeah, Are of course. Good? Okay. So what is something you guys wish you knew earlier as a band? What do you think would have helped? I think um, um, what we w- I think just um, knowing how hard it, it's going to be, you know, it is tough. Like we've kind of already touched on it. Like, um, you know, just like you're going to be doing a, a lot, putting in a lot of, a lot extra, a lot of extra time, resources, um, and also missing time with family and stuff when you're on the road. 
and you know you, you know it's going to be hard when you start a band but you don't really you're kind of excited you know about everything so i think that's one thing that like you you like bands coming up probably should realize that is just like know it's going to be hard and know that you might be giving 110% and getting a little in return, you know? So I, I think that's, I think that's maybe one thing I wish I, I would have known, you know, <laughs> the investment that it was going to take the sacrifice. Yeah. The investment or like maybe, um, everything that we've done, man, we've kind of had to just do it on our own, you know, mm -hmm. and, and figure out the best way to do it, whether it's, you know, merch from booking shows writing music and and trial and error man you know so like if 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 we had all those answers now you know how would we have done things differently you know right it, it's it's hard to tell it's catch 22 i don't know definitely so off the top of your head who is an artist that you have been listening to lately Just um, whatever comes to your mind yeah, uh, the new Counterparts record. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's very been, good. That's like pretty much been on repeat ever since that came out. I think a week ago or so. Awesome. Yeah. Very good. Yeah, I like to be able to hear just what everybody's listening to different yeah. different and styles. We, we did just play with uh, We Came as Romans. I mean, I've been I love their two new singles they put out. You know, it's yeah that too. Awesome. Very good. So I know we kind of touched base on what what Conviction stands for. In, in a sense, like we talked about that earlier, but in summary, what would you guys say that you're passionate about as a band? Or as a band? Um, yeah. I think in summary, we're passionate about like as a band, literally trying to um, help people and just witness to people, you know, even if, even if they're not Christian, or they're closed off to the idea. Just we're still passionate about of show, just showing them love, you know, just showing them that this music can still be for them too, you know, and that somebody loves them, whether they want to like accept it or agree or anything like that. Um, it doesn't matter, you know, like we, we respect people for where they're at, you know? So, but I think we just want to just show love Good. I mean, from what I'm hearing you say, it sounds like you're kind of saying like, I'm messed up, you're messed up, but we're going to love each other anyways. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, it's the same thing where like this guy that I work with, he, he's like in a black metal band, you know? And I'm like, well, dude, like my, our version of metal is kind of like the complete opposite, but you know, like it's still like, the small middle community that we right. still, like we can still get along and we, we can still stick together, you know, definitely. Even though we may believe two opposite sides of the spectrum, you know, but, um, but yeah, it's cool. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Zach, for joining us with the podcast, the convicted podcast, um, and, and sharing your experiences, sharing your knowledge with everybody. So how can people find you guys if they want to check you out? Um, we're pretty much on all major streaming platforms, Spotify, Apple music. You can find stuff on YouTube our music videos on YouTube. Um, our website is convictionsrock.com and that has pretty much links to everything. 
merch store, Spotify, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all that stuff. Awesome. What's your handle name? Uh, Convictions Rock. Convictions awesome. Rock on Instagram and Twitter uh, and Facebook. Awesome. Well, very good. Well, I hope that this somehow brings a lot, a lot of people over your way. And I really appreciate you sharing all this. I really think it's going to help a lot of people. Cool. Yeah. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me. All right. Thanks, Zach. I hope to see you soon and talk to you next time. All right. Thanks, Again, thank you so much for listening to the Convicted Podcast. I really hope this helps you. If there is something that you found very helpful, please feel free to comment, write to us, let us know what you are seeing that's good. If you're applying something and it's changing how things are going for you, we would love to hear that as well. If there's something else that you want to hear talked about or discussed as a band, feel free to message us, uh, comment, email, whatever way you want to be able to get to us, whether it's on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, whatever it is, uh, we would love to talk with you and be able to add to what you are hearing. So thank you again so much.